Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? We were having a nice little little, little shimmy fest over here. A little rat-a-tat-a-ram-a-tat-a getting our groove on, getting in the rhythm. I'm really excited about this one because, again, I'm not presenting it. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this. Marriage is a partnership. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. both people need to contribute equally. Mm-hmm, Everybody mm-hmm, needs mm-hmm. to give. What is it? You need to. Give, it's a hundred percent. Give a every, little bit. A little bit of your love to me. Yes. Okay. Now we are going to talk some more about beer. We've done glorious a, beer. 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 I'm going to look up because we were reminded that we had not done uh, a a second part of our beer uh, series. We've done ales Mm -hmm, so far. mm -hmm. Now, while I look this up, Teresa, I want you to tell me what kind of beer do you like to consume with your body? Um, Let's see. I am not into the IPA hop business. Mm -hmm. I like I like a smooth, dark beer. Um, I'm a big fan of Guinness. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's I, a stout, yes. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. But also, I like um, a crispy kind of light beer, like a harp. Uh, yeah. And I, I also know, so um, we're talking about lagers. I'm going to say Rose uh, sent in August 30th. A reminder that we, hey, you haven't talked about beer in a while. What about lagers? Yes. So um, my, uh, there are... Uh, beer is a lot like food, not just, uh, you know, in what I'm about to say, but in many ways. Uh, but <laughs> in that you eat it. In that you eat it. It has a lot of calories. Okay, sure. And it smells like bread. All of that is true. Yes, yes. Just um, like food. <laughs> but it it is, I think that a drink of, of preference, more so than a lot of other things. I, I, like, I don't know how this is true of like wine or coffee or you know soda even right where i think that beer is so adaptable and there's so many different types of it right that people will often have like a well this is my favorite beer if i'm at an outdoor cookout this is my favorite kind of beer in the winter months oh this is my favorite kind of fall beer and by people you mean you because that's how you do it well i assume other people do too because the way i do it is right (laughs) (laughs) and I would say that I, you and I, uh, in the before times, and I don't just mean before Corona. I also mean before kids, <laughs> um, w- when we would go out to bars, right? One ah, of, yes. Ah, yes, that time. Belly up to the bar. Yes, um, a a draft beer mm-hmm. that we both liked that was uh, above, I would say, a a certain level. And was often on tap was Stella. Yes. Yes, that we both enjoyed. That is a lager. Slightly sweet. Crisp. Um, crisp drinkable. Drinkable. Not too heavy. Right. Uh, um, a little a little creamy. Just a tiny just bit. A little bit. Um, here, here are some other well-known lager brands. Just to kind of walk us into it, right? Uh, Carling, Foster's, Carlsberg, Peroni, Stella Artois, Coors Light, uh, San Miguel, Cronenberg, Amstel, uh, Tenants, um, you know Miller, uh, Budweiser, 
um, these are these are all recognizable loggers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but they're not uh, the types of loggers. So here we go. These are all the types of loggers. It's very adaptable. Uh, uh, okay, you ready? I'm ready. American Light Logger, Pilsner, Dortmunder, Munich Hellas, uh, Marzen, Oktoberfest, Vienna Lager, Rachbier, Traditional Bach, Hellas Bach, uh, Maybach, or Maybach, Doppelbach, Eisbach, uh, Munich Dunkel, Schwarzbier, Herb and Spice, Fruit, Smoke, Winter Warmers, Holiday Beers, and more. Nice. Right? A lot. I, I can remember getting into a nice Bach. And see, I, I very much enjoy a Hellas. But here's here's the deal. I think Am- Amberbach. Amberbach, yes. How is a lager different from an ale? Um, and I mean technically. I don't mean like in flavor or uh, execution. Does I mean, it, it come the the beer comes from a different part of the of the oh, barrel? You know what? I'm going to give it to you. Okay, thanks. Uh, because an ale is uh, 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 top fermenting, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it it ferments through the body of the beer wort. Wort is, uh, you know, when you've got everything together, the grains and hops and everything uh, before it ferments. The beer soup. The beer soup. Yes, exactly. I just made a Hefeweizen. So that which is a lager, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but and and so this was something that uh, we made. I made the wart recently. Mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. man, it smells so good, doesn't it? It did smell good. Oh, it smells so good. Um, and so when an ale top ferments, uh, the yeast rises to the top of the mixture, uh, and and it has uh, a, usually a, a higher um, alcohol content. Uh, so it'll yield stronger beers. Okay. Right? Yeah, that makes now, sense. Lager is a much more fragile process, which I think will make sense when you you know you're talking about that they're crisper, right? Lighter, right? So mm-hmm. when you're thinking of lighter things, that usually translates to more fragile. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like as you mentioned, a lot of this corresponds directly to like bread, right? Yes. So if you're making a dense loaf. It, it it's not going to collapse in on itself, right? But if you're making like a souffle, mm-hmm. right, you got to be careful because you've whipped a lot of air in there, right? Yes. So fragile equals light, light equals fragile, right? So it has to be brewed at a very low temperature due to the fragility of the yeast and bottom fermenting. So bottom fermenting is when the yeast ferments throughout the body of the beer and settles to the bottom of the vessel. Instead the of the ale, right, where right. it goes Settle to the top. To the top. Yes, um, and and the thing is, it, it, this means it develops more slowly, right? And so you get a lower alcohol content that's uh, super drinkable, less hoppy. Um, they're they're usually you know crisper, uh, less fruity of a palate mm-hmm. than ale. Um, and so here's a, a Corona, right? Yeah. The yeah. drink. Not the pandemic. <laughs> uh, is, is a famous lager, Coors Light, Budweiser, these things. Um, if you have, uh, this, I will quote Alex a bunch of times throughout this because 
Yeah, I just love her writing sometimes, but all, all the time. Basically, quote, basically, if you're day drinking beer on a boat or the beach, you're probably drinking some time of lager. This is true. I can't imagine being like on a beach and going, I'd love, um, I I don't know, I'd love a Guinness <laughs> right yeah. now. No. Yeah. Only if I want to immediately go to sleep. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you do. So when when you think of lager... Right. Oftentimes what people think of is like the the okay. If I say like uh Miller Lite Coors, uh uh these beers, right? Mm-hmm. What is the thing people always say they're brewed with? No? Okay. Tap uh, the Rockies. <laughs> Tap the Rockies. Coors like crisp mountain what? spring water. water. Right? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So, it's so cold in the mountains. Well, that didn't start in the Rockies. It started in the Swiss Alps. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, so monks in the Swiss Alps. In the Wasn't Swiss there, there was a beer can or bottle a couple years ago where like when it was cold, the mountains appeared on the I label? I think that was Coors. That might have been... Well, I mean, it might have been Keystone. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. remember. Okay, but that's that's but when what it was I think cold of. enough, you could see. I'm trying to remember. That I heard on something where they're like, "If only there was another sense we could use <laughs> to determine temperature of a can <laughs> instead of just visual." So mon- monks at this time uh, would carve their beer cellars directly into these rocky hills of the Swiss Alps, and they could pack these cellars with ice uh, from, you know, when the streams and mountains and stuff froze over, and it would give them cold storage for their beers well into the summer months. Mm-hmm. And in doing this, they were creating a perfect environment for loggers, right? Because okay. you had uh, a lower temperature that you were brewing at, and because you maintain this lower temperature, you could get that slow brewing process that you need to have that crisp lager, right? Sounds great. And not only that, it, I, I should also clarify, lager yeast is different from ale yeast. And not only does it settle to different points, right? That's not just a process of brewing. It is also like a different strain of yeast. Oh. Yes. Um, so you can't you can't just make a beer with wild yeast. I mean, I guess you can, but yeah, then- I mean you could, but. Can you? Who knows what it would be? <laughs> okay, okay. So you'd have to kind of reverse engineer it and be like, okay, this is wild yeast beer. So then, what does it taste like? Well, or- so yeah, that's the thing. We used to. We I think we talked about this in the ale episode, but like, like beer used to be brewed like long, long early days where it was like you would mix it and like chew up some bread and like spit it into yeah, the beer yeah, yeah. and stuff, right? And it was really just like, we'll see what happens, mm-hmm. right? And now we're more into the process of we know if we mix this thing and this thing and this thing and do it at this temperature, beer is made. We okay. might not know the exact science behind it, mm-hmm. but we we are now uh, at this point in history, when we're talking about the monks in the Swiss house, it was a much more repeatable process. Got it. Right. Um, but if if this uh, lager yeast right was at the wrong temperature, you could end up with spoiled batches, or the yeast would be super overactive. So you would end up with like all these funky other flavors, mm-hmm. and like it just wasn't the same, right? So cooler, uh, cooler temperatures is the way to go. Uh, that bottom fermentation happened in, in in the cool storage, and it was because of a strain of yeast known as, ugh, this is Latin, I think, sac- Saccharomyces. 
uvarum. Sure. Um, and and this is the strain of yeast that gives us uh, this this crisper, um, you know, taste. And lager itself actually means cold stored and slow brewed. Okay. And so everybody was like, totally cool. That's the history of lager. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Because here's the thing. Yes, European monasteries, huge, huge part of it, right? But there were some holes here. Uh, for- yeah, I mean, definitely sounds a little a little too tied up in a very neat bow. A little too tidy. little too tidy. The thing was is, for one, where did this yeast come from? Mm-hmm. Was kind of the big question, right? If it evolved... Like differently from ale yeast, that's like thousands of years, right? Yeah. Not like a hundred years in a beer cave with some monks, right? Right. And not only that, it, it was then determined in the 1980s when we started to get better with like genetic research and stuff that it was actually a hybrid strain okay. of ale yeast and something else, question mark, question mark, question mark, <laughs> which one is like, well, then what? what is that other thing? And it wasn't determined until 2011. I'm sorry, what? Yes. In 2011, a dig unearthed um, some very fascinating findings. In the Alps, you might ask? No. Oh. In Patagonia, 8,000 no, miles away. Here's the thing, uh-huh. right? This uh-huh. is this is kind of like the the story of our times, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the the history that we thought was true, we the it, Europeans made <laughs> exactly it. Exactly. Well, it's huh, not huh, quite the right uh, thing. Did you? Yeah, we totally did. Oh, yeah, when did it start? A hundred years ago. (laughs) No. Okay. So uh, a a study was published identifying that the other strain of yeast, the other parent strain uh, known as Ubianus. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. uh, Was native to southern Argentina. Residue on ancient clay pots suggested that locals were using this yeast to brew low-alcohol beverages as much as 400 years before the Bavarian monks decided to play with making beer caves. Ah, uh-huh. so, there it is. Um, when tested under a microscope, it was proved to be 99.9% matched to the missing length link of the lager yeast strain. So, this was the missing link. There we go. Bada-bing, bada-boom. So, how... Did it get from South America to the Alps? Well, well, well. In the mid 1500s, ships sailing between Europe and the Americas would barter regularly with indigenous people. Uh, Europeans brought things like citrus fruit, livestock, alcohol, and also smallpox, mm. malaria, measles. They weren't offering that so much as they were freely giving it. <laughs> Um, and, oh, man. And they would, in exchange, receive from the native peoples uh, things like tobacco, potatoes, corn. And it should also be noted here because it should always be noted because this is something that often gets uh, literally whitewashed in history is uh, also a lot of these native people were kidnapped and taken back to Europe as slaves. So it wasn't just like goods and fruits and stuff being traded, but people were being stolen. So now here's what you're probably thinking, right? Did somebody trade them a big barrel of yeast? No. 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 They probably forced them to make the beer for them? No. Oh, well, okay. I mean, well, ki- probably. I'm not going to say no. I don't know. <laughs> right? But what it 
probably is is remember early uh earlier in the episode you mentioned wild yeast yes right yes so uh in livestock trading right like uh say llamas mm-hmm. uh that kind of thing maybe uh the wild yeast attached to them oh. or it was like in the wood used to make the barrels or um used to patch up their ships you know before well, they it's, back. it's wild yeast you can't keep that stuff away right and so they were transporting back you know these barrels uh, some of them barrels filled with ale mm-hmm. uh and the yeast probably mingled with air mm-hmm. and started this new strain right and so that i think uh, is is a pretty comprehensive answer of where did the lager yeast come from? Now we know. But why, 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 why? has uh, lager achieved this worldwide popularity? Because it's good. Well, okay, sure. But I mean, like, <laughs> who do we have to thank for that? And I'm willing to bet, based on the fact that we live in Cincinnati, you could tell me. Who who do we have to thank for that? For the popularity of lager? Germans. Correct. Yes. German immigrants. And we're going to talk more about that after a thank you note for our sponsors. We'd like to give a thank you note to DoorDash. Uh, some of you out there will not appreciate the fact that we live in a time where you can just like hop onto your phone, which already, what? And like order from any restaurant that is that's on DoorDash, right? Used to be only like places that were specifically delivery places would deliver it to you. Now with DoorDash, you can get your favorite food from your favorite restaurants safely. You can support restaurants in your community. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash and they need your patronage now more than ever. And DoorDash brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. It's incredible. What are you waiting for? Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for their first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERS. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERS. Don't forget, that's code SCHMANNERS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We also want to send a thank you note to Function of Beauty, not only for sponsoring the show, but also for making my hair smell terrific. Listen, once I know I start a lot of things with listen. I just want to make sure, well, one, I want to make sure you're paying attention. And two, I played a lot of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and I just say listen a lot. So one size fits all may work for hair accessories, but when it comes to hair care products, we all might need a little something different, right? So you go to Function of Beauty, and no matter your hair type, Function of Beauty is going to create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. They have over... Get ready, 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique as you are. Just take a quick but thorough quiz and tell them a little bit about your hair and your personalized formula is delivered to your door in a customized bottle. Plus, their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredients. So what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com schmanners to take your four-part hair quiz and save 20% off your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash schmanners for 20% off and let them know you heard about it from our show. That's functionofbeauty.com slash schmanners. 
Hey, Jay Keith. Hey, Helen. Hey, you've got another true-false quiz for me? Yep. Our trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself, used to be in front of a live audience. True. Turns out that's not so safe anymore. Correct. Next. Unfortunately, this means we can no longer record the show. False. The show still comes out every first and third Friday of the month. Correct. Finally, we still have great celebrity guests answering trivia about things they love on every episode of Go Fact Yourself. Definitely true. And for bonus points, name some of them. Recently, we've had uh, Ophira Eisenberg, plus tons of surprise experts like Yardley Smith and Suzanne Summers. Perfect score. Woo-hoo. You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month with all the great guests and trivia that we've always had. And if you don't listen, well, then you can go fact yourself. That's the name of our podcast. Correct. Woo-hoo. Okay. Okay. Hello. It's me. It's me again. So, German people, man, they sure do love that golden stuff. <laughs> that, so, uh, w- w- it is estimated. I have German heritage. Sure. A, a lot of people uh, in this area in have this German area heritage. Too. Yes. And it, it almost feels like this is like... A duh, one of yeah. those does, you know. Yeah. So, um, a lot of um, like the, it, a lot of loggers that we know today. We, I mean, listen to the terminology, right? Doppelbach, uh, Dunkel, uh, Hefeweizen, mm-hmm. German, 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 right? Uh, there is there is some kind of logger in every beer drinking country across the world. By one estimation, it's thought that around eighty seven point seven percent of beers in the world are loggers. Because it's just so versatile, um, and and you can get that. You know, there we mentioned the smoky one that uh, Rauchbier, mm. R A U C H B I E R, which is of course German. German. Um, but there's also like uh, a little light sweet ger- Japanese rice lager. Okay. Um, and it's so so versatile, right? We, I think one time you brought home some Japanese beer, right? Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, there's Kirin. Uh, uh, oh, why, why am I forgetting? Uh, there's a lot of great German, uh, great Japanese loggers. Yes. Um, but here's my question for you. Uh-oh. Do, if I say, if I were to say to you, you know what some great beer, Miller Lite, Budweiser, Coors, that face, mm. that face. Now listen, this is the thing about loggers. <laughs> I've taken off my glasses. I'm brushing back my long hair because they're seen as a bit basic, right? A lot of people in there are like, oh, I'm going to be snobby about beer. And listen, if you like IPA, I'm not saying you're a snob, but I am saying that snobby people <laughs> tend to talk about IPAs a lot when they talk about beer, right? Because now it's like, oh, in craft brewing, it's all about IPAs and blah, blah, blah. Do you remember in the Ales episode where we talked about uh, like craft brewing and how uh, during Prohibition, I think we talked about this, but during Prohibition, a lot of these like craft breweries went under, in case you missed it. Yes. I Yeah, I remember this. Here's the long and the short of it, right? Give, a, give us and the audience a recap. During Prohibition, most breweries were shut down or went out of business. There were a handful given licenses to continue to produce beer for medicinal reasons or whatever, right? But these licenses were very, very hard to come by. Now, here is where I, Travis McRoy, am going to make a small, small, small mental leap. But I think that I would be proved true by anybody who knows what they're actually talking about. (laughs) 
a caveat if I've ever heard one. Do you remember one of the things we said, the difference between an ale and a lager? A lager has lower alcohol content. Yes. So I'm willing to bet that the reason lagers received a lot more of these licenses were Uh, lower alcohol content, mm. right? So uh, breweries like Budweiser, Coors, Miller, right? They got to keep making these beers. And I think because it's, you know, you always hear like, this isn't your grandfather's beer or whatever, right? Uh Or this isn't your grandfather's blank, right? Budweiser and Miller, these are your grandfather's beers, right? Yeah. So they're not seen as cool a lot of the time. A lot of the time it's seen as like, that's what, you know, everybody drinks on their 21st birthday or whatever. If you really want to try, try blah, 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 blah. Which is is all pra- the people who say like, oh, it's just water. Uh, don't blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, trust me, you can get drunk on Budweiser. Oh, that is, I'm sure it's you a can. It is beer. There's beer in it. it yeah. is, there's alcohol in it. And, and, you know, a lot of people also say, like, well, it's so mass-produced, it doesn't have, you know, any kind of special blah, blah. Characteristics yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's. I think it's the same as, like, anybody who knows anything about wine will tell you, like, if you enjoy drinking it, it is a good wine for you. Mm-hmm. Right? It, price, uh, exclusivity, all of that stuff is all just stuff that we tell ourselves is important so that we feel fancy drinking or eating or doing the thing that we're doing. Right? But lager is great. You know, it's light. It's fine. It, it, it might not. I feel ha- like the time that I've really enjoyed things like Budweiser or Coors or whatever has been in like um, you can make a margarita mm-hmm. with beer. That's sure. delicious. You can make Bloody Marys with beer. Yes. Um, I, and I think that that's the kind of thing that I like those beers in well and there's you know there's plenty of beer experts out there um the one that alex apparently fell in love with during researching this his name is mark dredge uh he's the author of a brief history of lager he is a london-based beer aficionado Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and I just can't say enough how much Alex literally says he seems like a freaking sweetheart. (laughs) Uh, She even says, quote, I have a crush on him. Um, So the thing is, is uh, he talks about that beers, uh, these lagers, right? We have kind of entered or maybe have come through a bit of a punk phase in brewing where we kind of came back around to like, now we're doing... IPAs and these fancy beers and stuff, and now it's kind of coming back around to like, yeah, maybe it's fine to just enjoy uh, a nice lager. Because, like I said back at the beginning, I think that you don't have to say this is the only kind of beer I drink no matter what the time is, no matter what the situation is. And I think that there are plenty of times where what I really want is a nice, crisp, easy to drink lager, you know, if I'm standing there uh, grilling out, for example, oh, yeah. right? Like, that's what I want. Is lager my favorite type of beer? I don't know if it goes a, a fruit sour is a lager. If it is, then the answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about lager etiquette. Ooh, okay. Ooh. All right. Okay. First and foremost, perhaps the most Im- important thing about any kind of drinking uh, or consuming of any kind of, I guess, uh, substance uh, that alters you 
is consume responsibly. Indeed. No drinking and driving, ever. Don't do it. In this day and age with these ride shares and cabs and friends mm-hmm. and lime scooters. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you should <laughs> does scooter. That, does that count as drinking and driving? You know what? I'm going to say it is. You're driving yeah, a scooter. don't do it. You know, I know a, a friend of mine who was not drunk but did wreck on one of those and like fractured his collarbone. So, yeah, yeah don't scooter and drive either. Nope, you, don't Don't drink scooter and, and drive don't. and don't drink and scooter. <laughs> Um, there is no need to chug your beer. Now, this com- listen, this comes from me, a person who has done plenty of shotgunning, plenty of beer bongs, plenty of drinking games, and I'm very good at them. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But you do not need to. Um, also, you don't have to order blindly, especially if you are somewhere where they pride themselves on their selection. Right. right, like if you go someplace and there's a wall full of taps. Right, if you're in a tap some, room. Somebody wants to tell you about the different beers. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what? It it probably isn't always going to be served in a cold glass. If you get asked, do you want it in a cold glass? Think about it. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, is cold can often uh, change the flavor profile. Right, because you don't taste sweet as much mm-hmm. when something is cold, right? So, like, if you have really, really cold ice cream, it's not going to taste as sweet as, like, melty ice cream is. Exactly. And, you know, in Europe, most beers are served warm. Uh, or room temperature. Or room temperature. Um, so, yeah, try that. Also, and, and this goes, once again, as a very good kind of life lesson. You can drink whatever you want. Don't judge other people for drinking what they want, right? So if you pick the most obscure, fancy craft beer and your friend gets a Budweiser, are you both having a good time into each other's company? Don't razz each other. That's not nice. Now, we should also talk about here, we're going to include some German beer garden uh, uh, etiquette. Oh, man. I know. I miss beer gardens, too. <laughs> There's a pretty nice one here in Cincinnati. The Hopper House. Yeah. It's nice. Um, so beer gardens have been a part of German culture since the 18th century. Uh, there are many still standing today. Um, and uh, you, oh, if you see a picture of an Oktoberfest in Munich, probably at a beer garden. Oh, yeah. Yes. So if you get to go to a beer garden, here are some things to think about. A beer garden, and I'm saying B-I-E-R-G-A-R-T-E-N-S, beer gardens, beer garden, uh, is it is communal seating, mm-hmm. right? So you're probably not going to get a table to yourself. In fact, like a, a lot of thing. a lot of ones that I've been to have like long, like hall tables. Right, right. Um, and so it's not really something where you can like reserve a whole table for like three people, right? Right, right, right. right you're probably right. going to be sitting with some people. Same as, you know, if you're looking for a seat uh, and you see a spot open, go Co- for it. Cozy on up. Right. Um, something to look for. Uh, if there's a plaque on the table, though, this is likely a st- stamtish, S T A M M. T-I-S-C-H, uh, yeah. or a table reserved for regulars, the perhaps members of the beer garden. Mm, um, okay. So this might not be up for grabs. Um, there might not be servers at this beer garden. Don't counter service. service. Right? It's might probably counter, counter service. service. Um, now, this holds true. This is, 
I think, a good rule of thumb in general that we're losing touch of. Uh, but don't assume that they take cards, right? Because okay, some okay. of these beer gardens can be super old mm. and they might be cash only, especially if you're like going to like a 200 year old beer garden in Munich, yeah, yeah. right? Don't assume that they take cards. I remember, uh, I remember being a youngster back in the before, 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 before times. And, you know, having to add when I first got a card, having to ask, like, do you guys take cards before I ordered food or before shopping, right? Being like 18. And because there were a couple of times where, like, I'd get an armful of groceries or whatever, order mm. food. And then they'd be like, oh, we don't take cards. You got to go get cash from an ATM. And I'm like, yeah. what? That happened to me at a gas station when I was in, in high school. Yeah. Um, speaking of food, don't assume that there will be food at these beer gardens. They don't always have food. Sometimes it's just drinking. Right. And so if you're hungry, make sure they got food beforehand. Um, now, if they don't have food, you might be able to bring outside food in with you. Mm-hmm, there you mm-hmm. go. Like uh, at at places like Oktoberfest, there are usually like food carts, food stands that you bring with you into the beer garden. Yeah. Also, don't always assume you can order food to the beer garden. Right. OK. It might be frowned upon. Uh, you know, it might be like there. you got way too much. And in general, this is something to think about is what we are looking at here is a communal space mm-hmm. where people are consuming alcohol. Right. right. So it can be really easy to tip over into obnoxious behavior. Right. Yes. Now, this is not saying you have to be quiet. Usually beer halls are, you know, fun, a little bit raucous. Everybody's having a good time kind of places. But you have to always have in the back of your head that kind of running, thinking about, is my good time ruining someone else's good time? Sure. And I think right? that a good, a good, like, concrete way to think about that is find someone who looks like a regular and don't do anything that they're not doing. Right. Right? It was really great when we went to Scotland. We went to a, a, a pub, which was counter service, and we found uh, a couple. Well, they found us. Well, they We fa- were sitting there kind of going, uh, and they're like, did you just, is this the first time in Scotland? <laughs> we were like, yes, it is. And I'm like, okay, here's what you need to do. And they were so nice and so, uh, you know, they were gr- happy to explain to us what we needed to do yeah. and, and and give and, us recommendations to go to places it was great it was great so in in the community of the beer garden see what see what's around see what kind of people you can meet um also uh, here's a quick language lesson hellas means light mm-hmm. right uh weizen is wheat Okay. And Dunkel is dark. So oh, as you're looking at the different right. kind of beers, that will give you a, a good clue. Um, so, for example, Hef, H-E-F-E, Hefe, is the type of yeast. Um, so Hefeweizen mm-hmm. is is like a wheat. You get it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bitte, B-I-T-T-E, is please. Danke is thank you. Um, you know, but if you're like full on in Germany, you should learn more than that. <laughs> but that's a good start. Um, be mindful of portions. You know, sometimes at these beer halls, you can get like a liter of beer in a big old like huge stein. It Su- comes in pints. It's super cool. <laughs> and listen, it's super cool. And I love doing it. But that's a lot of beer. <laughs> so be aware that you don't have to get that much. Don't steal the glass. And this is very important because, like, a lot of people, they're cool. Listen, they're cool. Yeah. Those glasses are cool. 
but they're also uh, needed yeah. by the beer hall. Uh, a lot of places will actually now make you pay a deposit on the glass really? that you only get back when you return it. And listen, if you think it's cool, I guarantee they sell them, right? You can sure, buy one sure. of these, do that. Um, let's see. Uh, they close by law at 11 p.m. I assume this is in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, and so they stop serving drinks at 10.30, so be cool about that. Don't be a jerk about that. Uh, and listen, it, uh, this is the other thing, right? We're talking about communal experience and being right, cool. Right. It is not about l- how fast can we get drunk. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, th- this is now in my older uh, more respectable years, I've learned that the fun experience of just being in this communal experience, enjoying a fine, crisp blogger with friends, and not just like, it's 15 minutes and I can still remember my own name. I'm not drinking <laughs> enough, right? That time, that this is gone, right, for me. Now it is just about joining the company. So do that. Enjoy the company. And there's no reason to drink alcohol. Uh, let me recommend this if you're looking to slow down but you still want alcohol. Uh, Radler. R-A-D-L-E-R is a popular drink in Germany that is a combination of lemonade and beer. Oh, Um, that sounds delicious. Yeah, and oftentimes uh, beer halls will often have uh, non-alcoholic options, too. So you don't have to go uh, and and break your sobriety. You can enjoy a soda or a a, uh, Apfelschorl, A-P-F-E-L, S-C-H-O-R-L-E, which is a carbonated apple juice, which is a German favorite. Uh, so also sounds Doesn't delicious. that sound great? So drink responsibly and uh, commune respectfully. How about those? I love it. I think those are two pretty good lessons overall. Uh, and that's going to do it for us. But you know what? Here's what I want. I want two things. One, if you have ever been to a German beer garden... And you have like pictures or experiences or whatever, I want you to tweet at us at Schmannerscast. And uh, I also want you to tweet at us and tell me what your favorite logger is. Speaking of tweets, uh-huh. uh, that is where when we call for questions, where we uh, get our listener questions, um, Schmannerscast. And let's see where we get our topics. Yes. Is. The Gmail account. So thank you again to Rose. Yes, Schmannerscast at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. You oh, looked man. at me, uh, <laughs> man. Uh, that face. I know that face is, and I don't know <laughs> the next word. Uh, also, hey, we always say a big thank you to Alex, but I also want to say a huge congratulation to Alex uh, because Alex got engaged this past week. Congratulations, Congrats. Alex. We couldn't Love do it without you. you. Alex helps us with research. Could not do it without you, Alex. Thank you so much. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, so me and my brothers wrote a book about podcasting, a how-to podcast book that's an actual practical guide that will but take you- But also funny. Also funny. And it will take you step-by-step through the process of creating a podcast that you are proud of. It's called Everybody Has a Podcast Except You. If you go to macroypodcastbook.com, you can pre-order it there. I wrote several paragraphs as well. Yes, indeed, about research. What else, Teresa Murray? Well, we always thank Brent Bruntoflas Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. 
sound. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture for our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. You can join that if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans. And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.